Well, for the last week or so, I've been burrowing my way through the depths of YouTube looking for science fiction movies, uh, big ones and small ones. I usually watch a conglomeration of upcoming trailers for the big movies, and I've often taken a look at a lot of these smaller sci-fi films that are three or four minutes long, independent projects, that kind of thing. One thing I've noticed that they all have in common, and I mean pretty much all of them, at least the ones that deal with spaceflight, is the motivation. It's pretty much universal now. I must have seen eight or nine examples, and I certainly didn't see anything other than this in terms of an explanation, but basically where science fiction is heading now across the board is people are forced to flee Earth because we've killed the planet. You see, we've poisoned the planet and we have to leave. Earth is dead or dying, therefore we have to go someplace else. One of these movies, if I recall correctly, recommended taking humans from the dying Earth to, I think it was... Io, uh, one of the moons of Jupiter, the most radioactive place in the solar system and uh, filled with nothing but lakes of sulfur and, and no atmosphere and stuff. But that's better than that's better than staying on the dead earth. The dead earth, the dead earth, the dead earth, the dying earth, the dead earth, dead earth, dead earth. I've heard it a billion times and that's no exaggeration. But seriously, it is the current zeitgeist, which is a German word meaning the time ghost, the spirit of the time. The spirit of the time is, is that, is that humanity has poisoned planet Earth, and if we're going to do any science fiction, we got to get out of here. And by the way, those movies invariably end with us poisoning some other planet too. Or probably better for the planet would be just for us to all just kind of go extinct, and I've seen my fair share of that too. This idea that we have to stop doing what we're doing capitalism, basically, because we're killing the earth, is now the predominant theme of, all, of, of the entire time, and it's the most important one, by far. It's more important than what progressives are doing or Democrats are doing. It's more important than taxes or anything, only because it is the universal theme that has been agreed upon and sent down to the masses in order to prepare them for, meaning us, for what uh, what the big brains have, have come in. And I'll get to that in a minute. But what I wanted to just talk about today was this. I'm not going to get into the whole global warming thing in terms of what's actually happening or not happening. I'm not talking about that. I just, it's a waste of time. There's so many different opinions. There's so much, there's so much bad data. There's so much falsification of data. That alone should tell you something. That's not what I'm trying to talk about today. What I'm talking about today is saving the planet. I'm talking about catastrophic demise of the planet Earth. I'm talking about what most young people out there believe today, namely that they've got about 10 years in order to shut down everything. And if they don't, then they're all going to die by the time they're 20, 25. They, they really believe this and they believe it enough to get violent about it. And that alone is enough to worry you. So I just wanted to put a couple things into context, things that we know to be scientifically true, not about global warming, about the planet, about planet Earth, about how tough this old bird is. It's a remarkable place, this planet Earth. So just as a little bit of perspective on the we have to save the planet uh, discussion, here's a couple things for you to think about. Some time ago, more than 100 years ago, I'm relatively sure, uh, a large uh, asteroid about the size of Manhattan came in and hit the Earth right in the Yucatan Peninsula. It was called the Chaluxalub event, Chaluxalub asteroid. And just by sheer coincidence, it happened to come in at a very oblique angle too, which means that it shot all of the ejecta forward like a giant shotgun blast in North America. That event is what led to the death of the dinosaurs and 
estimates are half or maybe even three quarters of all the species on the earth. How much energy do you think did the Chaluxalub event generate? We're worried about nuclear weapons destroying the earth, life on earth. How much do you think the Chaluxalub event generated? So the biggest nuclear bomb exploded in history is Tsar Bomba, Russian, I should say Soviet hydrogen weapon that released 50 megatons. That was a big, big bomb, biggest one ever. Chaluxalub released enough energy to be the equivalent of two trillion Tsar Bombas. Two trillion of them. Now, I'm not naive enough to say that I want to see Chaluxalub again. Chaluxalub was a real bad day for planet Earth, and it caused unbelievable damage and unbelievable extinctions. But my point in mentioning is, is that it didn't kill the Earth, because you can't kill the Earth. I'm not an unreasonable guy. There are actual problems out there that can be fixed, but this catastrophe, this idea of looming disaster, if we don't immediately shut down everything, it's going to be all over for all of us, is a lie. And I'm pleased to report, the reason I decided to do this show today was because, to my amazement, there's some actual news on this subject. Listen to this. I hope you're sitting down. Here's a headline from our friends over at Legal Insurrection. Quote, over 1,000 scientists and professionals signed formal declaration, colon, quote, there is no climate emergency, unquote. That's all I'm trying to say here, gang. I'm not going to get into the weeds of what's happening, what's not happening. What we know is not happening is a climate catastrophe, that all of this fear is being generated for something that nobody believes is going to happen. Nobody. And, and I can prove it. Last time I checked the data, which was about half an hour ago, uh, current parts per million concentration of CO2 is 414 parts per million. And we're told if this continues, then that's pretty much the end of it for all of us. It gets up to 420, 430, 450. We're, we're goners. We're dead. Well, what's an incontrovertible fact is that 80 million years ago during the Cretaceous period, we weren't looking at 400, 500 parts per million CO2. 80 million years ago, the concentration of CO2 in the Earth's atmosphere was two to 3,000 parts per million. Now again, that was a bad day. Temperatures were 5 to 10 degrees hotter centigrade, right? And sea levels might have been two, 300 feet higher than they are now. None of these things I particularly want, but, but as a result of that climate, as a result of 2,000 parts per million, as a result of a 10 degree rise in temperature, the center of what is now the United States was not just endless barren fields of, of grass. It was an inland ocean. There were thousands of species of dinosaurs, and there were pterodactyls flying through the air, and there were plesiosaurs in the water. That's why you can find fossil dinosaurs in Utah. There is a reason why young people today believe that if we don't stop living better lives, then we're all going to die. And that reason is because we are being told that. Now, the people that are telling us this have a reason for it, and I have my suspicions, but I can tell you what the underlying message is. Here's what they're really trying to get across to all of us out there in a flyover world. And that message about the results of this global catastrophe, save the earth or else messaging, is this. First of all, don't drive. Driving the car releases carbon dioxide, and so do jets, in fact. So, so no travel, really. No freedom of travel. That's got to go. That's a thing of the past, because if you have freedom of travel, you see, if you get on a, on a, just on a regular commercial jet, forget private jets, or you drive your own car where you want to go, you're killing the planet, so that's going to have to stop. 
Number two, prepare yourself for rolling blackouts and, and all of this stuff that comes with shutting down power plants generate 1,500 megawatts of power through either nuclear or through uh, gas or coal or oil. We're going to have to shut those down because if we don't, well, we'll kill the planet. So we have to save the planet. So that means you're going to have to get used to the fact that your electricity is going to go off for a couple hours a day. At least that's true here in California. And you'll have to make your house considerably warmer in the summertime. You might have to, instead of having your house at 72 degrees, you might have to make it 78 or 79, which is uncomfortable. But small price to pay to save the planet, isn't it? And same thing in winter, by the way. Don't be warm. Don't be warm inside. You might have to take the temperature down to the low 60s in order to save the planet, because if you don't do that, then we're all going to die. And this whole idea of eating beef, you know, steak, food, decent food, quality food, no. It's, it's killing the planet, you see. Uh, cattle produce a lot of methane, which is a greenhouse gas. It is a greenhouse gas. And so in order to save the planet, you're going to have to give up your steaks, and you're going to have to get used to eating bug paste, which is what they're already talking about. And all of this stuff, all of it, all of this engineering, this so social engineering, is coming to us through movies like these science fiction nut job scenarios in order to get us used to having a lot less. And none of this is true. None of it. None of it is true. Here's the thing about the Earth, you see. The Earth has feedback mechanisms that keep the Earth earthy. If we were able to survive as a planet now, 100 trillion megatons of impact, suddenly all the rest of this stuff doesn't seem very significant, right? It's very simple, really. As carbon dioxide levels rise, the amount of vegetation in the world also rises. Plants eat carbon dioxide, and they breathe out oxygen. The more carbon dioxide there is, the more plants there are on Earth. What they're not telling you is, while it's true that these temperatures are the warmest temperatures on record, which is pretty scary until you think about records going back maybe 100 years, maybe even the warmest temperatures in the last 800,000 years, which is 1% of 1% of the Earth's age, but put that aside. What they're not telling you is that the Earth has never been this green from orbit. It's been my experience uh, watching all of this stuff that I am unaware of a period in my life where there was not some imminent catastrophe that was going to kill us all. Now, for most of the first half of my life, that threat came from nuclear war, which is serious business. Then it was the ozone layer was going to irradiate all of us. And then it was acid rain. And then it was killer bees. And then it was... Oh, I forget. It's just so many, you know. But what I have learned over time is that a climate of fear has been manufactured that has nothing to do with the reality of what's really going on out there in the world. And it makes me wonder about a lot of things. It makes me wonder about who's magnifying this threat into something designed to coerce people makes me wonder why the people that we supposedly elect to represent us feel like we have to be kept constantly terrified and willing to do whatever they want us to do, 
we know the answers to all of this. The reason I'm so big on this Earth, uh, you know, save the planet thing is simply this. When the COVID pandemic began, I knew in my heart, I knew in my heart that this was a dry run to see what people would take, how much they would take, how compliant would they be. And I wasn't super impressed with the answer. So if you can get people to do what we had to do in order to avoid uh, uh, getting infected with a disease that had a 98% survival rate, imagine what kind of leverage they'll be able to apply on a generation or two or three generations that have grown up with nothing but the belief that if we don't take drastic action, then we're all going to die. It's the ultimate lever of power, climate change. It's the ultimate lever of power. And it has to be confronted with facts. This is why I don't get into the weeds about how much or whether or not. It doesn't matter to me. It's not important. What is important to me is, is that we survived 20 trillion czar bombas and the planet is still here. We survived an ice age where carbon dioxide levels got down to about 160 parts per million, much lower than that, and plants die. And if the plants die, now you're done. But we survived that. We had a, a period 60, 70, 80 million years ago where carbon dioxide levels were two or 3,000 parts per million, and we survived that.